Hello, everyone, and welcome to another ADRA Canada Insider Podcast. It's a nice, crisp afternoon here in Newcastle, Ontario, as we record this podcast. It's actually our first podcast of 2019, and uh, we have a, a great group of people around our table today. Let's uh, maybe find out who we have here. Well, I'm Michael, and I'm back for another podcast. Very good. Thank you for coming in, and Michael. Julia, for all podcasts, I'm, Michael. I think I missed one or two, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm, Almost I'm pretty much here. He's for, a real regular. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's good. I'm and, Anita. Anita Odondi. And nice to have you back, Anita. Thank you. Uh, we really appreciate you coming in. And uh, who else do we have here? My name is Alicia, Alicia Dukes. I'm the engagement coordinator here at Adra Canada, and this is my first podcast. I'm really excited to be here. Yay. Yay. Well, thank you for sitting in today for Kayla's, usually the, our other uh, co-host mm-hmm. here. All right. In today's podcast, in fact, we should maybe tell you a little bit of uh, changes that might be happening to our podcast over 2019. We have usually had a podcast that went between 45 minutes and an hour, and we're going to try and cut that down a little bit uh, in 2019. We're going to drop off the question-answer period. We've answered a lot of questions that have come in. And as more questions do continue to come in, we will have podcasts that deal directly with those questions. And uh, so some of our podcasts will just be uh, on the questions that come in, and some will continue to be about uh, the traveling experiences of our staff. And Anita, we're always happy to have you come in and tell us about uh, the work that Adra's doing in response to emergencies and disasters and working with people fleeing wars and uh, uh, conflicts. And we know that you have recently visited a couple of locations and uh, we're especially interested to hear from you about what you saw on your recent trip to Yemen. Yemen's been in the news so much over the last few months and we all know about the difficult circumstances they're facing Tell us about your trip, Anita. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure to be here. I was in Yemen last year, early September. Was this your first trip to Yemen? First it was time? my first time to to visit Yemen. And there are a few times that I am afraid or I feel nervous to right. go to a country. And uh, this was one of them, yeah. that I was a little nervous because of what we see on the news and what we hear. And we know that this is, at least for 2018, was the largest crisis, right. most intense crisis. So it was um, a blessing to get the visa to be able to go to Yemen. At that time, there were no direct commercial flights to Yemen. So we had to go to Djibouti. book flights up to Djibouti and then get the United Nations flight from Djibouti to Yemen. And uh, it was um, quite an experience being there. It's I found it to be very beautiful, despite the obvious disaster that is going on, the tension that, that you can feel. But as usual, and this is one thing I've seen in all the countries God has allowed me to visit that are undergoing crisis, People try to live their lives as usual. Business kind yeah. of goes on as usual. At the at the side of the road, someone is selling yeah. fruit. The shops are open to sell clothes. The grocery stores are open. People go out for coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, weddings are still going on. Yeah. In fact, uh, something that I still wonder to date, many times I heard the uh, really loud noises that sounded like shelling. Mm. And when I would ask the next morning, 
the staff would always say, oh, that's a birthday party, so that's fireworks, or that's a wedding, that's fireworks. But I could tell the fireworks, I think, because there's that sizzling sound at the end. There's the... Could you do a a, a fireworks sound? Uh, uh, Let's see. Okay, hold on. Well, there's going to be like a... Yeah, there you go, Frank. No, fast the sound. Yeah, well, there's first was a bang. Uh Uh-huh, yeah. So you could hear that sometimes. Add that to my resume, sound maker. Yeah. <laughs> you could hear that sometimes, and then sometimes it's just a bang. But they always said it's 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 fireworks. I know that sometimes they were shelling. They were just trying to reassure you. Yeah. <laughs> However, when we came into the country, the security officer does a he does a debriefing normally, and he said, uh, when you go to your room, don't close the windows, don't lock them shut. Yeah leave a small space so that in case there's a shelling there's not so much impact on the windows for them to blow up yeah and and then another time is this in Sanaa that's in Sanaa the capital such a beautiful old city there such a beautiful is that the one where they also like gingerbread gingerbread houses yes yeah I really felt like I was walking through the Bible times. I know that it might not be as old as the Bible times, but it felt like right. mm-hmm. it's yeah. those are the pictures that the we old see markets. in the in the movies and the old Bible story books yeah. where the door is this you know this short yeah. and the windows are really tiny and they are gingerbread houses the oh, markets man. very 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 beautiful yeah i've seen pictures yeah. of sanaa and it looks like a gorgeous the city. old city yes yeah. one time we were having a meeting with the project staff going through the the project to see what we are going to do how we are going to do it and there was this really loud sound and the building shook it's a three-story building so at least i was sure that was definitely a bomb, but we all survived. Well, I mean, there was, no, there, there, there was no immediate impact mm-hmm. because I understand that they, there are some pockets that should not be bombed, where there are humanitarian workers or hospitals or uh, schools. They have been mapped out. So when the bombs fall, unless it is a mistake that it falls into this area, you would only get the impact of the bomb. Have they also cordoned off the old city so that they don't damage I, any of those beautiful buildings? I believe they buildings? have. I believe they have because nothing has been damaged in the old city. It's still as is. But even then, we had to go through hurriedly because you never know. You can't spend too much time in one place. But we got to go to a really nice restaurant that, again, makes me think of the Bible days. Tiny, tiny staircase. Mm. You have to be really slim or walk sideways to get up that that <laughs> staircase. And then they you're served with all this authentic, delicious So then you can't fit back food. down the staircase. Then you can't fit. <laughs> <laughs> you have to jump through the window. What can you tell us about the situation in Yemen right now? Uh, the situation is intense, but we also have been told by our colleagues, I have been told by our colleagues on the ground, that it is very sensitive. So there's a lot of barriers and roadblocks for foreigners and even sometimes local staff to go into the areas where it's absolute devastation. But Adra has been blessed with resources to be one of the largest, if not the largest, NGOs, non-government organizations in in Yemen that is doing a lot of medical work. Mm. 
And in these clinics and hospitals, you find people who come in because they have been maybe shot at or one of their limbs has been blown off or even people who are just with chronic illness that is getting really bad because they have no medication. We have children that come in from malnutrition, mothers, pregnant women that come in because of complications and there's no hospitals nearby. So by the grace of God, ADRA is literally saving lives of people. We have hired very many doctors, nurses, uh, nutrition specialists, pharmacists that are doing an amazing, amazing job in the countryside. But they too have to be careful. When traveling to the field, they have to get permission almost all the time. But they are committed. Their lives are at risk because most of these areas don't have cell phone coverage Mm. for obvious reasons. Security, again, Uh, there's no cell phone coverage. So when they go to the field to work, their families don't know if they are safe, Mm. if they are coming back, if they arrived safely. Mm. When they are coming back, will they, you know, come back on that date that they said? It's just a lot of commitment and love for, for humanity. We get a lot of questions from our donors when they hear that we have a project in Yemen and they're curious as to how we even got into the country. Like, do we already have a presence there before this crisis sort of came about? Or do you have an idea of how we can be such a big presence there when it's such a dangerous time? ADRA has been in Yemen since 1995 and so has gained a lot of trust from the community. ADRA has done an amazing work all over Yemen. So when the war broke out, when this uh, crisis broke out, ADRA was already there. And we have, uh, right now, ADRA has over a thousand staff members, employees, and only six of the 1,000 are foreign staff. So all the rest are local staff, at least by the time I was there last last year, September. They might have added a few more foreign staff, Mm -hmm. but it's a big advantage to have local staff because then they have access to lots of places. They also understand the culture. They understand the culture, they speak the language, and they stay during crisis. Yes, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So before the war, they were doing development work? I suppose. Before, they also had a lot of medical work. Okay. Yes. All right. So it's so kind of become their, health, their niche in Adra Yemen's health niche. seems to be health. their niche. Okay. Another thing they are doing a lot of right now is food response. Most of the food is from World Food Program, but we also have Adra Yemen has food projects from other supporting offices. Uh, Adra Japan, I know, has supported them with food. Adra Canada with Canadian Food Grains Bank Mm. also has a project. And I don't know if this is the time to say thank you to Canadian Food Grains Bank members. Like several of the members came together with less than a month's notice and provided for us the resources we needed to put together a $1 million food project. Yeah. So when you say members, you're talking about member organizations. Member organizations, Mm -hmm. World Renew, PSW, CMA, UCC, United Church of Canada gave us over 300,000. PWRDF also gave money. There are several. I can get them in the report and you can add them there. But they came together with very, very short notice. And within no time, we had money to do yeah. And our own supporters have been very generous yes. over the last uh, yes. six weeks or so. I've, I've heard a lot of money has come in for the Yemen. Yes. Uh, 
crisis. Yes, I was very happy. Last week, I was working on um, a deadline. Then Shamila walked into my office. I was like, oh, Shamila, please, one minute. You cannot <laughs> you know, stay here for more than a minute. She said, oh, that will be easy. She handed me a note. And it showed how much money had come in for Yemen. Mm. It's like this is the best spent time in a one <laughs> one minute to know that that we have received all this support for Yemen. So mm. yeah, a big thank you to our supporters too. A very big thank you to our supporters who have contributed to Yemen, and that money is going to go to support both food and medical right. to literally. Save lives. lives. And you still got the proposals in for, for Yes, the and the proposals got in um, like uh, 20, 30 minutes before time. Okay, Praise well, God. Go. <laughs> yes, we pray that they get funded. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we hear on the news that there is a lot of hunger. Yes, there was that photo recently of that seven-year-old girl from Yemen that kind of became, the, I think, the, the face of the, the crisis over there, I think. Yeah, so. she was. Yeah, but I think she was reported that she passed away sort oh, of shortly no. after they made her the sort of the, the cover person for mm-hmm. the that's, for that's this campaign bad. that they had. Yeah, I think that like seeing her wow. on the news too? sort yeah. of was like a that's call to action terrible. for a lot of people because after seeing her picture, a lot of people like sort of became more more involved with what ha- what is happening in Yemen and a lot of news stories started to come out mm-hmm. covering different mm. issues that Yemen is facing. So I I have a map here of what and where Adra Yemen is. And now is this a map that we can share? Yeah, this the... is a map that we can share. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll put it up on the web page yeah. that goes with this podcast so our our listeners can See what you're talking about there. Yeah, there's food, there's water, there's health, and you can see the health is in almost all. So the areas are Sanaa, Haija, Al Hudaida, Amanta, Al Ahasema, try to pronounce some of them, (laughs) Marib, Al Jawaf, Al Baida, Al Dalaya, Laj, Abyan, Aban, Rayman, Al Mahwi. Okay. Good. Yeah, <laughs> we'll put up. Yeah, put up this map. Thank you. But so Adra is in all those areas. Oh wow! Doing the different things. Adra is indeed like the UN comes to Adra to request them to partner with them in, or to support them in Yemen. In Yemen, I've also yeah. heard they've done that in a few other countries as yes, well. Yes. Yes. So it's uh, yeah. it's it's awesome working for an organization that is so respected by the UN. It is a blessing. It is a blessing indeed. And Adra is known for, in Yemen, for not compromising humanitarian principles and standards. Hmm. Now, in difficult war zone situations, is it hard to find people who are willing to go and work there? You mentioned there's only six expats working there. Have you found difficulty getting anybody to come and take those positions? I know that there are people who are afraid of war situations or situations that seem to have more danger, you know, than peaceful countries. But I also know that there are very many people who are willing and happy to go to such countries. Mm. Yes. So I don't think that the fact that there are six is because they can't find the people, but some of it is because they want to find the right people for the gap that they have, if it's programmatic or financial or whatever. But another part is that some of these countries give a quota for the foreigners that have to be there. But people are not afraid of going to such countries. It's not as unsafe as it seems, as it shows on TV. Yeah, 
Even though they do warn you not to close your windows. Even though they do warn you not to close your windows. (laughs) And if you go to an area, you have to be whisked out, you know, very quickly or you'll have an army truck in front of you and behind you. It's still somehow when you're in it, it doesn't feel as scary as when you're seated in the comfort of your living right. room watching it on TV. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. that fear of the unknown. Fear of the unknown, once yeah. You know once you know it, you feel safe. You feel okay. You might be on edge and you have to, to know the, the, the security code and you need to act fast, swiftly, but it's relatively safe. Still definitely not somewhere you want to go on vacation. Yeah. I know that can happen when we hear news reports. My wife hears news reports about her home country in Vietnam, yes. about people having car accidents and people being murdered and that type of thing. And she gets the feeling that it's happening everywhere, yes. all the time, yeah. mm-hmm. all over the country of and Vietnam. And that the whole country is <laughs> yeah. at a standstill. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but well, statistically I, I gr- speaking, it's probably pretty safe to go and visit. Yes. Yeah. Well, I grew up thinking that Toronto was just this place where if you walked into the city, you were going to get shot and killed because <laughs> you only ever hear that, oh, there was another murder murder in Toronto yes. last night and yeah. it's yeah I, I I get that <laughs> yeah but when I first heard about the war happening in Yemen I, I, I began to be concerned about our work there as Adra and, mm-hmm. and will we have to shut down because of the war yeah but and I, I I had heard that Adra Yemen had point, the biggest office mm, too at some point uh, there was a little bit of shakiness when the previous country director left and uh, for good reason, for good reason. Mm-hmm. But uh, thankfully, Adra got someone else who was ready and willing to go, and the office is thriving. Yes. That's great. Yeah. It's good to hear that we're able to provide those life-saving services there. Yeah. Now, I think we have a little bit of time. Can we ask you about your most recent trip to Bangladesh, the refugee yes, camp please. there? Yes, please. Yes, please. What did you find? Uh, how is the situation there now? I am pleased to report that the situation is much better than it was when I first went. When I mm. first went, it was sadness and disaster. Yeah. But um, the last time I was there, December, shops have opened up here and there. People are selling everything, all sorts of things, from fruits and vegetables to snacks and uh, tiny repair shops yeah. here and there. And these are the Rohingya refugees. Um, the Rohingya refugees themselves that have these shops. That have these shops. Oh, yeah. So their life has started uh, to normalize. Life is if, normalized. If normal, with, yeah. with quotations around yeah, normal. It, mm-hmm. it, with quotations around normal, yes. But um, I saw less children with skin diseases than I. Last time, almost every child had a skin mm. disease. This time, I, I saw less of that. And then um, last time, there was a lot of. All the swampy water, because of the type of soil, there's a lot of swampy areas around the homes. And wherever there's a lowland, water just collects from up the hill, from the toilets and the bathrooms to areas there. This time, there were no flies or mosquitoes or breeding things out of them. And part of what ADRA is doing there is to make sure that we are spraying non-hazardous to the people, but killing the creatures that would otherwise grow there to cause diseases spraying all over the camp mm. and there's more pathways there's more informal education for the children because lots of NGOs including ADRA have constructed child friendly spaces mm. 
and women safe spaces so children have a chance to play and sing and uh, eat a healthy snack before going home. The situation is less heartbreaking than before. It still is because people are still in uh, temporary shelters. Mm -hmm. They are still not in their own home. They are not liked in the country and they are not liked in their home country. So that puts an emotional strain on someone. One of the houses we visited, we went in just to talk with them and get to know them. It's a gentleman who looked like he was in his 50s. Uh, he had his wife, his, uh, an elderly parent, and um, a sister of the mother, I think. So when we came in, the women, you know, stayed inside their room. It's a two-roomed house. Mm -hmm. Adra is, is giving, um, at least putting a partition right. in the room to, for some privacy. The women said, if they are coming to take us, we, we, we can't go. We are not, we, we can't go. The background to that is that it's been in the news that their home country is ready to accept the Rohingya back. But nothing as far as the Rohingya concern has changed in the situation. Mm -hmm. And they left because they were being killed. Mm -hmm. And now they are ready to have them back. It doesn't make sense to them. Mm -hmm. So I understand that at some point, buses were brought to the camp for people to, you know, come enter the bus because your country is ready to have you back. No one mm -hmm. showed up. No one left their house that day. So these women live in fear. Yeah. For us to just go visit and they think we are there to grab them and take them back tells you how much emotional torture mm -hmm. they are living with. So we talked to them, and as they were telling us their story, the man was crying, the women were crying, the children started crying, oh, we man. started crying. It was, it is, you know, even if life is beginning to be better, it's still a lot of strain for them because they had their own good life before being displaced. And now the children can't go to school, they, there's no formal school. They have to share kitchens because of the space. There's hardly any space and it's unsafe for every home to have a, a kitchen. In case yeah. of an accident, people could lose their lives. So there's, um, they have to share bathrooms, toilets, kitchens, and they have no formal work right. to do unless NGOs help them to give them cash for work, daily labor. Mm -hmm. yeah. hey, can, so, can you remind us again, what, what is Adra doing in the, the refugee camp there? Adra in Bangladesh is helping to make sure that the water, sanitation, and hygiene knowledge is increased as well as the facilities. Okay. The sewage that I talked about, drainages, creating drainages, proper drainages for the water, having pathways, providing hygiene kits that include menstrual products for the women and girls, also construction of child-friendly spaces and recruiting volunteers that have an education background to train the children informally so that they are not so behind mm -hmm. by the time they eventually go back to school. The women and girls' safe space is for the women to just go and talk about the situation and try to find solutions and also provided shelters, repair materials okay. for the community. So all in all, making life better. All in all, making life better. Mm -hmm. And that project was to end in March this year. Okay. And by the grace of God, we wrote a concept paper to the Canadian government to extend this for a year. And the concept paper was approved, but it's approved for you to submit a proposal. Okay. So we submitted the proposal 
and we need prayers that this will be approved for March. Okay. And when we get the money from the Canadian government, that makes the money from our constituency be matched by a large number. Does that make sense? That makes sense. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Yeah. Yeah. By a really large number. So if we have been receiving donations and those donations have reached 300,000 and the government comes with a million, it's like a, ma- a three to one match. Basically. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's, that's good to hear. And I know that our supporters always like to hear that their money grows when their they, money does grow. Even know. for Yemen, just this week in four to six weeks, we received 50,000. And if we put that into a $1 million project, see how much it has multiplied. Mm-hmm. Because for, for, for the Canadian Food Grains Bank, we do need to put something in order for the Food Grains Bank to give us a match, four to one match or a three to one match. So the more we have, the more we can provide for the people. Yeah. Well, thank you, Anita, for coming in today and sharing with us what ADRA is doing to help uh, people who are uh, living in crisis and how we're saving lives. My pleasure. And for those of you who would like to see some photographs of things that Anita has shared with us, we as encourage well as you. the map from <clears throat> Yemen. Oh, yeah, the map. That she talked about earlier. Yeah, mm-hmm. we'll have those up on the webpage that goes with this podcast, and you can find that at adra.ca slash podcast. And scroll down. We should put the dates on, uh, and that would be January of 2019 yeah. episode. And uh, you can also find that through your iPads uh, if you're subscribed to the Adra Canada Insider Uh, either on your Android device or your iDevice. You can link to that page and see these photographs. So thank you, everyone, for coming in. Thank you, uh, listeners, for joining us for this episode. And And, and uh, also thank you for all the support you've uh, given us for Yemen over the last, over the the holidays. We received so much support for Yemen. So Mm -hmm. Uh, My desk is kind of kitty-corner to where they open the mail every day. And uh, so I hear how the donations are rolling in for for Yemen and some Mm -hmm. of these other critical uh, needs praise god yeah all right well thank you so much anita you are welcome (laughs) thank you very much and uh may god continue to bless this work all right thank you thank you all right goodbye goodbye bye thanks for listening